Welcome into the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Overtime coming at you for the next two hours right here on Fan Run Radio. Jake Miller, Davis Rangi, hurry up, Matthew, and Bryson coming at you for the next two hours. We are going to be breaking down Tennessee versus Georgia tonight. Coming up here in about 57 and a half minutes, and we will stay on throughout the first hour of the game at least. Break it down to levels beyond scientific, as the great Russell Smith would say. Yeah. Don't know if we'll go that far in depth, but we will give you the nitty-gritty. We'll give you. Everything you need to know, betting-wise, who to look for, who's going to be Tennessee's impact player tonight, who's going to be Georgia's impact player. We're going to break it all down for you. So Tennessee enters this game as a 16.5-point favorite. The over-under at 135.5. My play would be the under tonight, just because I don't see a lot of offense in this game tonight. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I'd go under, and I would take Georgia to cover the spread. I mean, that's a huge spread, especially for I – mean, we talked about it last night, but this is considered a trap game, I would assume, considering you have Texas coming up Saturday. And, you know, looking just looking at Georgia's squad, they're very guard-heavy. You've got Terry Roberts, their guard, and Cario Aquindo is their other guard. Terry Roberts is averaging 16 a game, and Aquindo is averaging 13 a game, and then the rest are kind of like – we talked about last night. They just know their role is not anything too big. But um, last game against Vanderbilt, they also had Jabri Abdur Rahim come off the bench, score twenty one for them. Related to Sharif? Uh, I have no idea. I don't probably with that last name, but he shot five for eight from three. So it's not a common name. Can have to sure. put a hand up. Bryson, what you got for us, buddy? Yeah, I think the line's pretty good. Turn your mic on. Yeah. Now turn the knob up to three right there on that first knob. Check, 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 check. Got me now? No. Don't know uh, what is up with his mic. It might be connected to mine. Try it now. Got me now? No. No. Move up to my mic. Move up to my mic. And then we will figure this out on the break once Matthew gets here and does what a producer is supposed to do, be here on time and push buttons and answer the phones. It's his fault, man. What about now? Him. We got you yeah. now. All right. Uh, I think the line's pretty good right at 16 and a half. I can yep. see it. I could see the Vols covering because we play pretty good at home, or I could see Georgia coming out and playing well. I mean, anytime you play a Mike White team, you you know they're going to be athletic and you know they're going to shoot the three. So I feel like that's what it comes down to is the three ball for Georgia tonight. So I don't know, definitely a testy game. I think it's going to be a scrappy game as well. Absolutely. I mean, that's another thing that you can expect out of a Mike White coach basketball team is they're going to be scrappy, and it's going to be up to us to be scrappy right back at them. 100%. You know, that's kind of like what happened last year in the Tommy Bowl where – yeah, of course, we had the skirmish at the end of the game, and Zakai Ziegler was ready to fight somebody. He might have to stand up on a chair to fight somebody, but he was ready to fight. Interesting uh, stat here. We both shoot the exact same percentage from three, 34.2, both tied for 179th in the country. And I think we're averaging the same amount of points per game as well. Uh, we're at 74.3. They're at 71.1. Hmm. So three points more, it's not much. but That is not much at all. And another note, uh, Julian Phillips is the team's leading rebounder right now. Uh, thanks, uh, Kumwa and Euros, seven footer, and uh, God's been here since Kingdom Come. Yep. So it's great out of your front court. Uh, we got a seven footer and Methuselah down low, and we can't do anything with it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I agree with uh, Bryson's take that this is going to be a gritty game. I think, I think this is just one of those games where you have to get out of there and get out of there with a win. It'll, I think it's going to be like. 
I, I think we win. I don't think we lose tonight by any stretch, but I think it'll be like a closer game than the spread indicates, like maybe a 10-point win. But, I mean, we talked about it last night, but they're not just going to come in here and lay down. They're going to try to fight you. They're going to be gritty. They're going to throw an elbow or two, and you just got to be ready for it. You got to be the more physical team tonight, and don't let them get in your head because they have nothing to lose. They're 13-6. They're coming in the number four team in the country's house. Like, they're laying it all on the line tonight, so you got to be ready for their punch. That's exactly what they're going to do. And, you know, it's one of those things you just got to show up and you got to fight and you got to be ready to compete, unlike uh, LeBron James last night uh, sitting over on the sideline pouting against the Los Angeles Clippers. 46 points, by the way. Oh, he, his, he had 46. The next highest in the starting lineup had 15. It was 46, 15, 7, 7, and 3. Who had 15, Russ? Uh, Schroeder. Any Schroeder. So I could be wrong about the stat, but I think that makes him – that means he scored 40 against every team in his career. No. He scored 30 in every – he scored 30. 30 against every team in his career, yeah. and yeah, he'll probably push for 40 by the time it's all over. Tied with MJ for the most uh, points over – most 40-point games or was 45 over the age of 30. or Yeah, yeah, that's right, 35. But still, I mean, you got to think, though, man, like the way he was acting last night, I mean, if your team's not picking it up for you, if you're that good, if you want to be – better than Michael Jordan you want to be better than Kobe Bryant you got to go out and you just got to keep doing what you do as a basketball player I had a really big issue with the way he was acting last night and if you want to you know show your you know dissatisfaction with your team you wait until you get in the locker room well he all right so I don't know I I see both sides because he cut it down his 46 point cut it to they were down the entire game by over 20 his 46 point cut it to 113 103 with six minutes left Plenty of time to come back in the game. They had all the momentum in the world. Mm-hmm. And then Westbrook throws arguably one of the dumbest passes I've ever seen in my life. All the way across court, it goes they're just dribbling. They're just rolling on the floor. Finally, uh, Schroeder picks it up, and then he just throws it from his back and go, ends up right in Kawhi's hand, and he grabs him on the leg and one. And just like that, it swinged. And, you know, I think uh, LeBron was a little fed up. But then, I mean, he was trying to cheer on the young guys like Scottie Pippen Jr. and – Max Christie, but, I mean, there's only so much you can do, man. He's 38 years old, and he put up 46 last night, and they still <coughs> lost by 20-plus. So, I don't know, man. It's uh, bleak for them right now. I did have a bet last night. I took uh, LeBron and Kawhi to combine for 60 or more points. That one hit. Shout out. Hmm. Kawhi have 25. Kawhi had a steady – he's getting back in rhythm. Yeah. I laughed at your staff, stat last night because I just – I feel like I haven't seen him play at all this year, and I'm right, but, I mean – now that he's back, he's got a little rhythm now. so It's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. Is Matthew here yet? Is that who I hear knocking at the door? I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear a knock. I think they just walked out closed the door. Yeah, Bear oh. just left. Oh. Back to the Georgia game real quick, though. Yeah. I just want to bring one more thing up. Uh, right. I hope we don't overlook them. That's, I mean, with the big weekend coming up, college game day coming tomorrow night for UConn, for the Lady Vols, and then college game day coming Saturday for, for our game. I just hope we don't overlook them because it could be an easy game to overlook. You know, and it seems like with Rick Barnes' basketball teams, and Philip Fulmer used to do this as well, you would always play up or play down to your opponent. Like, that's the one thing that Philip Fulmer teams were known for is playing up to their opponent or playing down to their opponent. And even after that, you know, Dooley's teams tended to do that for a minute. You know, it's like you go out against South Carolina and Georgia, two of the best teams in the country that year in 2012, and you go toe-to-toe with them. You know, it's coming down to the last drive. You're playing well all game long. But then Troy comes to town, you do the same thing, except you're playing down to him. And then I think that game ended up being like 51-48. to 48. 
It's like we don't need to be playing down to any opponent. If you have the chance to go out and you have the chance to beat them by 20 points or more, you need to go out and you need to beat them by 20 points or more. I really I, – I, that's a good point. I don't think you, you can't overlook them tonight, especially with everything coming up. I mean, we talked about trap game, but I don't think you they're going to be overlooking anyone, especially after Kentucky. Like, you had everything set up. It was perfect. Um, they're coming into your house. They've been pitiful. And, uh, you know, man, you just crap the bed. And I think we actually did overlook Kentucky that day. And, you know, they just came here and took it from us. But, you know, Georgia doesn't have nearly the amount of talent Kentucky has. You just got to go out there and handle business. Just get a workman like W and get ready for Saturday. That you do. We're going to take our first break. My producer has showed up. I need him to come back here. About time, chump. Press buttons. Answer the phones. Play my music. And that's what we're going to do. Stay with us. Overtime continues. More Fan Run Radio on the way. Back here on Overtime, Fan Run Radio. Jake Miller, Davis Rangy, producer Matthew is in the building, and Bryson. Talk a little bit about this Tennessee-Georgia game, Matthew. One of your thoughts. I mean, it should be as easy as, you know, doing lap pull-downs for the Vols tonight. You, you would think. You would think. But sometimes you uh, fall on your ass and nothing go out. Nothing go the right way. I mean, just put more weight on, man. That's all you got to do. That's what, Maybe that's put, what some of our guys need to do. What? Maybe we just need to put some more weight on. Uh, and let go of the bar. And let go of the bar. What we need to do is put the ball in the basket. Equivalent hey. to putting more weight on the ball. Jake said before you got here, Julian Phillips is now the team's leading rebounder. Five and a half per game. Over or, or leading rebounder. Yes. Five and a half. Yeah. Over Kumwa and Euros. Five and a half. Hey, get their big asses in the paint. Some boards. That's the thing. That they're too light in the ass. That's their problem is they're too light in the ass. That's yeah. the thing. I mean, you get you get somebody with that big old butt, they box you out, you're not getting around them. Nope. Well, that's the thing is, what did Grant Williams have? Big butt, pause. What did Jordan Beck have? I didn't steal it. That it's means. not even the same sport. No, but what did they all have in common? Russell Smith is infatuated with this. I don't know, man. I, I wasn't really staring at the. You got bus. a big booty, you can play ball. And that's the bottom line. Nice. Kyle uh, Lowry. <laughs> Zion. Uh, Shaq. Barkley. Oh <laughs> what are you talking about? Bryson said, nope, just get this mic away from my face. Okay, uh, my thoughts. Anyway, um, my back thoughts, to the point. Um, about the Georgia game. I don't know. It's it's up in the air for me. It could be a blowout. It could be a close game. We could win. We could lose. No, it's only two options in this scenario. So you win or you lose, right, Matthew? Yep. You That's win or you lose. Take, yeah. You win or you lose, man. So I mean, I feel like we should win by ten or twelve. I don't know if we cover the spread, but uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look. Is that the highest spread for? Has to be the highest spread for SEC game this year for us. I think there's another one tonight, actually. Uh, Florida and South Carolina, it's around that same mark. What was the Kentucky line? We were favored by 14.5 at one point, and yeah. it dropped down to 11.5. We were, yeah, 11.5 at tip-off for okay. Kentucky. And then yeah. State, 5.5 at State. LSU, we were what? I didn't think Four? we covered that either. We were 11.5 right. at State. Yeah, we were 11. 11.5 uh, at LSU, yeah. excuse me. Wow. And then, of course, the over-under in that game – um, tonight is 135 and a half and the play that I took I didn't mess with the spread I didn't mess with any money lines because it wouldn't be worth your time to take Tennessee money line and it really 
would be throwing money away if you took the Georgia money line. So I just went with the under 135.5 for tonight. I feel like that's pretty pretty safe. What's the money line I, odds? It's like minus 1,600 for Tennessee and then plus 800 for Georgia. So if you bet like 10 bucks on Tennessee, you're winning 50 cents. Actually, we were favored more at South Carolina, 17.5, and, and we more than covered that. Yep. Almost tripled that. I'm afraid to ask. How did we do with our picks last night? Uh, I don't know. I looked during the break. <laughs> it's been an eventful day, man. I'm sure it has. Lat pull downs, bent over rows, squats. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah, we don't do that. We don't do those squats. We don't do those. You don't do squats? No. No squats. Lower bent over back, rows. Lower back pain, too much. Back problems are a real thing around here. Yep. So let me ask you this. If I told you tonight to take a parlay, Jalen Williams, four-plus rebounds, Ja, 25-plus, and Fred Van Vliet, 20-plus. If 30 bucks paid out 103, would you take it? I'd keep my 30 bucks. Yeah. No faith in Jaw? No, I don't. I mean, I, I mean. He probably was out partying until 5 a.m. last yeah. night like he has the past three games. You see how that's turned out for him? Him and T. Yep. Yep. His dad just goes on the road like a groupie. Yep. <laughs> like a groupie. Pretty much. I Goodness. Mean, he goes to every game, gets hammered, and talks crap. Yep, man. He's the reason. Uh, he's the reason we lost the uh, Lakers game. Just had to start talking to uh, Shannon Sharp, made up, and now we're I went three in the last three. See, so is Joel Embiid or James Harden playing tonight? They're both questionable. Who I saw, I saw the Nuggets have their whole starting rotation out. Seriously? Yes. Probably because it's a back-to-back. It's a back-to-back, but man. See, because I'm showing Jokic, Murray, and Aaron Gordon in the lineup. Wow. We went 9 for 10 last night combined. The only one we missed was my wild card of Thomas Bryant, just to throw in there some boost of odds, and he was only four-point short. So what you're saying is we're on a heater. Yeah. Like a major heater at that point. How about that, Bryson? We went 5-0 and last night. But, I mean, I don't know, man. I feel like we got to boost the odds a little bit. We're choosing, like, the most obvious people to get 20-plus in the world. I mean, do you want to spice it up? you want to just take the point line and do over or under? That'd be fun. Sure. Yeah, just do that. I mean, I feel like that's more – I mean – So, I mean, we're on a heater now, but we're choosing, like, Jason Tatum to score 20-plus. <laughs> that's, like, a 99% hit rate. Well, and something else that we need to take into account is the fact that you go on FanDuel right now, and I don't even think it gives you the option – for Jason Tatum to score 20-plus. You have to go up to that 25 and 30 mark yeah. because he's averaging, I think, what, 34? Nah. 31 now? I, th- I think it went down to maybe 30. He's averaging, uh, th- yeah, 31 even yeah. this year. I mean, that's it's pretty damn good. Yeah. He's my MVP. I mean, the thing is, if he's playing as good as that, I mean, how could he not be? So I think we should go back to the way we were originally doing it. You know, whatever stat line you want. Yeah. You take the over or you take the under. Whichever player it is. Can't use that Steven Adams prop for three to five weeks. Yep. Yep. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, he's injured, man. PCL sprain, three to five weeks <sighs> out. And um, free money on the table tonight, Kavon Looney. Kavon Looney over rebounds or Warriors to cover the spread. Either one you want. Alrighty. So let's go ahead and make our picks. You can pick any stat line over or under. It could be points. 
rebounds, assist, three-pointers. If you want to do a first basket, you can throw it in. Five versus five. You, you can go first. All righty. I'm going to take Grayson Allen. 1.5 assists. Over. Hmm. Give me uh, – what's Clay Thompson's point total? Clay Thompson's point total for tonight is 21 and a half. He's at eight, 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 eight out of the last ten. I'm going to go over because Dylan Brooks is guarding him. Yep. Scott Bryson. I like D'Angelo Russell over 19 and a half points. Uh, give me – give me – Katie's not playing that, is he? No. Yeah, that's what I thought. He's coming back next week. Um, give me – what's Jakob Podol's rebound line? Why, are you going to take the over in no matter what? Uh, uh, just – we'll see. The Spurs and the Lakers. Man. Let's go down here to rebounds. Player rebounds. Jakob Pertl, nine and a half. Yeah, I'll take the over. Yeah, that's a pretty solid bet right there. My pick again. Is he back? Is he back? No, he's not back. He is not back. Damn it. Oh, man. All right, I'm going to take Banchero, 20-plus. Okay, Paulo, what's uh, Giannis's point total tonight? Something ridiculous. Or anything sure. anything that he has. So his point total, we're going to go down here. Come on. Goodness. I might have to start printing out some sheets. Uh, Giannis's point total is 30 and a half. His rebounds, 12 and a half. His assists, four and a half. I kind of like his assist. That's a low number for me. Over four and a half. All righty. What you got, Bryce? Kind of debating here, but I like Damian Lillard over seven and a half assist. I like that. Uh, I will go with. I'll go. What's is it? Well, Embiid's questionable tonight, right? Yes. Okay. I wouldn't touch it. Nope. I mean, if you want to take his points and take the under, you could. I know. I think is Brandon Ingram coming back today? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just. Speaking the mic, man. Just go under his points. First game back in two months. What, Brandon Ingram's? Yes. Yeah, under his points. All right. My last one. I'm going to see if it'll even let me do this one. Let's see here. Dylan Brooks under threes. <laughs> no. Uh, Brooke Lopez. Point five assists. Over. I mean, I hope he gets an assist. Yeah, that seems free. Hitting on out of the last ten. <clears throat> Imagine. Um, what's Jordan Poole's um, – how many threes does it have for him over under tonight? Jordan Poole threes. Looking. We're looking. We're looking. Where's that? There it is. Jordan Poole, two and a half threes. <laughs> That's a tough one. You got, a, you got the app open. I might switch it up. Uh, yep. What's Looney's rebound total? Let's see here. Where'd it go? 21 and a half. <laughs> 30. <laughs> what is wrong with you? We're sitting here trying to have a serious conversation, 
and you just make me just. He had twenty five or some ridiculous the close out game. Close out game, yeah. So I mean, jeez. Well, I mean, I've seen what Kevon Looney can do when asked of him to do it. So. I can't find it on here. Really gonna pressure me into that pool pick, huh? Yeah. Screw it. I'm just going over Jordan Poole over two and a half threes. All righty. Maybe this will make things more interesting. He'll have two in the first quarter. I mean, he had like five in the first quarter on Christmas Day. I mean, good God. So, Bryson, that means that for the last three times we have done this, Bryson and I are 14-1 and one on our picks. Yeah, I can't take any credit for last night, obviously, Four. so good job by you. Absolutely. I think, and our loss was me, <laughs> Deer and Fox. <laughs> I, think, I think we have two. I think we're 13-2. and two. I mean, that's pretty solid. Yes, your math is correct. So 14 and 1, 13 and 2. I mean, 27 out of 30, 90% hit rate. Yeah, most of these are just stupid ones that I'm throwing out to try to give you some odds boost. Like Thomas Bryant. I would never bet on Thomas Bryant <laughs> in my life, but I mean, it was an opportunity last night and took it. Well, didn't I take Desmond Bain and Jaw last night? No, that was Friday night, I thought. One of those nights, I took both of them. And you're like, yep, there's your L for tonight, chump. Yeah, it was Friday. Yeah, Friday. Then yeah. I picked Desmond. You're like, there's another L, chump. And both of them hit. Well, I mean, when you take 30 shots, I would hope you get 20 points. I mean, goodness. And Jaw was 9 of 29 against the Lakers, man. <laughs> yep. 9 of 29. 9 of 29. That is <coughs> not a good uh, not a good stat line at all. Some other games of interest for tonight in college basketball. Xavier, Connecticut. That's another interesting one. Like Xavier. So I actually took the Connecticut money line in that one at minus two seventy five. What did you bet? Like ten bucks. To win? Yeah. UConn's a six and a half point favorite going into this game. Yeah, I feel like the line's off there. I don't know why, but I, I really feel like it is. Houston and UCF. Houston only a nine and a half point favorite against UCF on the road. Oh, they're going to bounce back. They're going to hit that. Yeah. Does Alabama cover the eleven and a half against Mississippi State? Yes. Yeah. Very well should. And if they don't, then that gives me a little bit more hope going into our game with them. I don't know if they cover eleven and a half. Mississippi State is god awful, man. I mean, they are, but lost seven of their last eight. Oh. Yep. Coffee's cold. Texas A&M plays Auburn tonight. Auburn only a four and a half point favorite at home. Hmm. Hmm. There's not really many games that just stand out. It's like, oh my god, I love this pick. I want to make this pick. Yada yada yada. I just don't see that right now. Well, speaking of college basketball, Imani Bates had 43 last night, 29 straight. Well, I would hope he'd have. Close to 50 points if he's playing at Eastern Michigan. And I think Eastern Michigan is 4-15 and 15 on the year. Yeah, they were 4-14 and 14 last night, and they went to 4-15. and 15. Yeah, 4-15, and 15, so. Yep. So he scored 43 and they lost. Yeah. yeah. That's how bad they are. Yeah. You talk about, golly, I mean, this kid, was he not the number one overall recruit in the nation at one yeah, point? Yeah, He was in his he, class. He when he reclassed, yeah. he, they moved in like three or something. Yeah. But still, I mean, still the potential to be a lottery pick. Sources say his dad was uh, buttonheads with Penny. Can't imagine. Um, I mean, I can see that on both sides being bad. Type of stuff for, like, high school stuff or middle school, like where you call the coach and say, why isn't my kid playing? 
We had that problem here with an unnamed player. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. And that former, person is no longer Yeah, no longer here. Why why did why did I just see something on Twitter about that uh old miss yep. uh, D B his he, name is he's in, in the directory. His name's in the directory. Davison Igbenosen, the yes. guy I was telling Martin about. He's in the directory now. That's huge. Davison Aim Uwamso Igbenosen. It's middle name. Oh, we don't care about middle names, man. Huh? Bob Kessling is not saying middle names. I gotta see this for myself. He ain't even gonna be able to pronounce his last name. She's gonna say, uh, "Did I have to sound like Phil's nephew just then?" Just say Dio. Yep, it's good enough. Yep, Dio on the tackle. <laughs> say his number. Goodness. Ooh, there's a guy like that on uh, Memphis' thing right now. His name's K. His name's like some crazy name. They just say K O. It's just. It's impossible. We'll just call everybody MP. That's all you gotta do. Just call everybody MP or some other weird name. I'm looking that guy up. Find this guy's name. Yeah. Oh yeah, here it is. K K O Derichi Akabadunda Ihogi. So they just say K O. <laughs> yep. Out of Lagos, Nigeria. Yep. You know, I never knew how to pronounce uh, the offensive lineman that played here, Chris Okparigani. It took me two years to learn how to pronounce his name. I'm going to see if they put any crystal balls in here for him. I mean, if he's in the directory, that doesn't mean he's going to be here, though. Yeah, I mean, Isaiah Nayor was in the directory yeah. as well. But Nothing on his portal. Danny White also getting a raise and extension today. Saw that. Very Saw well that. deserved. Very well deserved. Banner Dan. Just hang more banners. Definitely makes him number one in the SEC. I'm not sure about nationwide. I don't know about nationwide, but, I mean, he's definitely top in the SEC. White is believed to be the highest paid SEC AD and top eight nationally. He oversees a department that's won six SEC titles in two years and had record fundraising in 2021 to 2022. I mean, that's his job. At the end of the day, he is the director of fundraising. And hiring. And hiring. And he did a good job with Heupel. Very skeptical at first, but hey man. He is a good track record. I'll say that. Well, I mean, something else we're going to be taking into account here in a few years when Rick Barnes retires is hopefully he's still here for one. Hopefully the NCAA doesn't come call and say, hey, we got a position for you because, I mean, you have to jump at that. But at the same time, you look at that and it's like, well, this is going to be the deciding factor on whether he's a good AD or a great AD. Because right now he's pretty damn good. He's not. He's better than good. He's pretty damn good. You don't think he'll hire his brother, do you? Oh no. Oh, he definitely would. Considering he hired Heupel as old coach. He hired Heupel, yeah. But I mean, that was a good hire. Yeah, but I At didn't think. Time, no, I didn't think Heupel yeah. would be a good hire. I thought it was a crap hire. I mean, if he hired Danny or Mike White tomorrow or whenever Rick Barnes decides to retire, we'd be pissed. Well, I'd probably help. Hop on the Mike White bandwagon, you know, go buy a very tight dress shirt and hopefully the buttons won't pop. That's wild. I wonder if, because uh, that was that was a big thing with him because what was it, his first, literally like his first month on the job when we played uh, Florida in the SEC tournament and uh, that guy smacked Fulkerson, yep. elbowed him in the face, broke his head and, uh, you know, they're like getting on Danny White about not saying anything and I, I agree with that. He should have been more... Uh, 
vocal about protecting his players. Should have been. Should have been, but he wasn't. And But, I mean, I think you have to realize he's almost become one of us. It's uh, I'm very nitpicking right now. Yeah, true. But, I mean, there's a lot of things we can do that with. Let's go to the phones. Martin is first. What do you say, Martin? Jake, I heard that the cornerback from Mississippi is uh, already registered over today. Yeah, we were just talking about that, how he's already in the directory. Um, it's one of those things, Martin, where they have him in the directory, but he's not technically enrolled in classes yet. So we had, uh, who was it? Isaiah Nayor, the transfer from, I think it was Idaho, who ended up going to Texas. He was also in the directory, and we thought he was coming here. Granted, he was committed and everything, and then, of course, Texas probably just threw probably $1.2 million at him, and then he goes down there. But, you know, that's a good sign. If he's in the directory, that means there's some genuine interest, and he cared enough to actually go through the process of getting, you know, the admission stuff filled out. Well, you think it takes to get a player like him here through the NIL? Uh, uh, I'd probably say close to a million, maybe. What do you think? Two hundred thousand, Matthew? I was thinking two a million. I mean, you gotta if you want the best players, man, you gotta pay now. A million dollars. You have money now. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. We got money to pay I mean, him. Money, but I don't think you pay him a million. Well, it's an NIL battle between us or Ole Miss, man. You gonna lose to Kiffin again? I'm not. I mean, I'm not either. But Kiffin has probably about six bucks in his pocket. Okay. okay. <laughs> you think he's got more than six dollars in his pocket, Martin? You might have. He- He's got a nine million dollar contract. Yep, casual. <laughs> got these boys and, fighting in here, Martin. And uh, I think you ought to at least give that boy a half million. There we go. We Try can meet in the middle. Yep. We can meet in the middle. How about that? We take your million, your two hundred thousand, and then we just use Martin's number. We meet in the middle. I like that well, idea, Martin. I wonder what it would think. How much they'd have to pay to get him? Much? Or I wonder. I'd probably, if it were me making the deal, I would set him up with an NIL deal through one of these apartment complexes to where he lives for free, and then I would set him up with an NIL deal from a car dealership. That way he can lease a car free of charge. That's part of the NIL deal, or they just pay it to him and he pays it right back, something like that, and then give him some spending money on the side. Probably you know, the $500,000 package, put all that in there. But I think that would be uh, beneficial for everybody. Yes. I'm just glad to see you got enough interest in us. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is people are starting to take interest in what Tennessee has done. I mean, that's why we're able to basically pick and choose what we want out of the transfer portal and get them here with no problem at all. Russell said they would start next year from day one. Oh, absolutely he would. He and the boy from from BYU. Gabe Judy. Gabe Judy. Yeah. Yeah, they would start day one. I don't think there's any question about that, and I'd love to see it. I'm not going to lie. I would be very excited to see that. And I like to see the men basketball team winning that by 16 or more, but I don't see it. Now I think it would be a tough game. That's what we were discussing, Martin, because, you know, it seems like in trap games like this, we always play down to our opponent, and it's one of those things I can't stand it. I know you can't stand it because we're better than that. But we were sitting here discussing if we could cover the 16-and-a-half-point spread, and I don't think anybody is chomping at the bit to say, yeah, we're going to cover the spread. Everyone is questioning whether or not we can cover that. 
But the point total in this game, the over-under is 135 and a half. And I'm not so sure that they get to 135. Yes. And all the people out there that want you to Rick Barnes, I know I know he don't do a lot in the tournament, but they got to remember, Jake, what we was like before we got him. Oh, Martin, I remember, I remember Buzzball. I was around for the Buzz Peterson era. Yes, and, and Pearl had to cheat for what he done. That he did. He did. But, you know, it could be worse than all that, Martin. It could be like Jerry Green telling people to go to Kmart. That was the worst uh, press conference I ever heard. I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you this and I'll let you go. What you got, Martin? We can deal with basketball all we want. Have fun in basketball season. Football's still the king over there, son. Yes, it is. It is always going to be king. Football will always be king over on Rocky Top. That's why we got over 100,000. See you that You're not wrong, Martin. You and are we not feel wrong. Them. Mm-hmm. And we feel them. That we do. I'll tell you this and let you go. All righty. You are know Danny Sheridan said it book you on CBS Sports years ago. What did he say? He said when Tennessee plays football, he said them moonshiners come down out of the mountains to watch them play. Well, Martin, he ain't wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He's right on top of it, wasn't he? Yes, sir. <laughs> well, I appreciate you, boys. Hey, we appreciate you, Martin. Right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Stay with us. Final segment of hour number one coming up right here on Fan Run Radio. Final segment, hour number one, Fan Run Radio, Tennessee versus Georgia in the Tommy Bowl coming up here in about 17 minutes. We just got word on who the officials were going to be, so now we know how we're going to bet this game. Davis, enlighten the, the listeners. Your referee for tonight, the other two do not matter, but you have Lee Castle, Don Daly, and Pat Adams. So take Georgia to cover and take the under. If you can parlay it, parlay it. Yeah, that's a uh, – I'll take the under and Georgia to cover now. At least that means we probably won't get Pat for Texas, right? Surely. Well, unless he wants to stay here all week, next few days. I wouldn't show my face in this town. Go up to Dollywood, Pigeon Forge. Have you still never been to Dollywood? Me? Yeah. Driven past it. You ever been Matthew? No. I've been to Pigeon Forge and um, or Gallenberg. Yeah, Gallenberg. I've been to Sevierville too, but that's it. Have you been? I have been. We all are Knoxville boys, kind of. He's not. Or Charlotte, same thing. Yeah, I'm a redneck. I don't know. I don't know. What would you describe me as? A redneck country boy or a hillbilly? All three. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you set yourself up. <laughs> Considering you're digging a hole tomorrow. <laughs> Dig a hole like every day though for the pool company. Just about. <laughs> I have not blinked. Uh, hey man, 
man. Yeah, you just lob that one up. Yeah. You're just waiting for him to throw that one down. You know what's out back here, Matthew? Glass. A creek. <laughs> you know what is also in that creek? Probably snakes. The sewer line for the entire city of Knoxville. Oh, you'll be floating on the creek in a minute. Get my paddle out. Just row in that boat. Throw you in a basket, just like in the Bible. Just throw you down the river. <laughs> now, let's calm down here. It's not that serious. Oh, it is serious. Hey, you messed up. Hey, but you got you got the uh, flat guy side of you too. So <laughs> let it slide. What are you saying? I have multiple personality disorder. No, I'm just saying you have a lot of uh, qualities to you. you there can, there you, we go. You can pull off. You can pull off a lot of things. The backtracking is insane. She called me a hillbilly, though. <laughs> and a redneck. And uh, what was the third one? Uh, country boy. Country boy. All three. I'm from the country. Yeah, that's not an offensive count. And, and you kind of call yourself a redneck anyway. So I'm just man. <laughs> Can't hate the messenger. More upset about the other one than I am anything. <laughs> Don't get mad at the question guy. <laughs> Can't get mad at the question guy. Maybe the politically correct term is blue collar. Blue collared, hard working man from rural uh, La Follette. Yes. Which are politically correct uh, terms. Oh, man. That was funny. <laughs> if you would like to apply to be the producer. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. But anyway, we were just talking about who the referees are going to be for tonight's game with Tennessee and Georgia. And I think it's in everyone's best interest if you at least take the under and take Georgia to cover tonight because we don't trust Pat Adams. We just don't trust him. And it's not just us that hates Pat Adams. Like, I've, I've, every game he refs, I feel like I see him, like, trending on Twitter. Like, how does a guy like that keep his job for so long? Because he's trash. Maybe he generates revenue for the NCAA and they love him. Because he's hated so yeah. much that people will literally tune in to watch how bad he referees. It's like Scott Foster being the uh, referee for Chris Paul. How do people still let him? Uh, like winless in the playoffs yeah, he's with like, Scott uh, Scott Foster. Like oh, and seventeen. Well, it's like when Dick Bavetta is the referee or was the referee. I don't know if he's even doing it anymore. But when he would referee a game six in the NBA Finals, that's when you knew there was going to be a game seven because they he even said he's like when they want a game seven they call me. Well, they called Tim Donahue. Pre two thousand and three. Yep. Yep. That's how it works. Let's go back to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines, Tommy. Is next. What do you say, Tommy? How y'all doing this evening? I was doing good until Matthew called me a redneck, a hillbilly, and a country boy all in one. It's the hillbilly that got me. Well, I heard redneck, and I figured that's my cue. So <laughs> I hollered on in. Uh, I uh, I don't care who's refing this game tonight. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with y'all on this. You know, like I said, I'm not a basketball expert. Uh I think we're going to win this by at least 10, 12 points, uh, get us another conference win, and just, just keep on balling out and, uh, you know, get ready for Texas and everybody coming up on us. Uh, I really want to get us a win over Alabama, you know, because uh, they're the real deal. I watched their game the other night, and they're, they're pretty good. What if this is their re- revenge for football? Yeah. For what football. if they just, <laughs> they just beat us a dynasty in basketball, too? They just beat us to death. Well, that being said, this could be our revenge for football. They very well could. They very well could. Yeah. Um, you know, I was listening to y'all yesterday. You talking about the uh, 
the debate over which team would be the favorite, you know, and I've got to go with the with the Grant and Admiral team, you know, because uh, that's what got me into college basketball. You know me, uh, football, the offseason is long until NASCAR. I had nothing to tie me over uh, until we started being good in our top revenue sports, you know, football, and then all of a sudden basketball. I got turned on with Grant and Admiral, started watching it, started getting into it. Then Tony Vitello and the baseball boys got to rolling. I got to watching it. So that holds me over until – you know, based on the 500 NASCAR and ultimate college football. But uh, it's, it's fun to watch, you know, your favorite program be successful in all three sports, you know. Yeah, kind of gives you a little buffer for guys like us. Well, and, you know, Tommy, I'm kind of in the same boat, you know. I'm a big NASCAR guy, so I've got that to tie me over from February up until really November, you know, in between right. sports and whatnot. But it is nice to have something you can watch through the week. You know, that's the big thing with basketball and with baseball that we get is we can watch games through the week that will lead up to, you know, those big series in baseball or, you know, you got basketball coming up or I say coming up, it's been going on for the past two months, but you got that going on throughout the week and you can almost base a entire week around sports. And I love that. Yeah, exactly. Especially when we're good. I mean, we can't say this if we was like one in 17 right now with no conference wins. Uh, we're not tuning in to watch this. We're not even going to be sitting here on the phone talking about it. It could be worse. We uh, could be Georgetown. It could be Louisville, 2-17. and 17. How's Georgetown doing this year? Yeah. What are they, like 5-20? They, they finally won a conference game. Yeah. They finally won a conference game? What was that, their first in like three years? Yep. Jeez. Hey, Tommy, yeah, I have a question be. for you. All right, As a NASCAR guy, um, we're about a week out from the Clash of the Coliseum. What do you think about it? Yeah, no, I'm fixing to lead into that uh, – you know, now we got us another NASCAR guy. Davis, you can go ahead and do what you got to do real quick. Appreciate uh, it. <laughs> I got you. But now, uh, yeah, you know, the clash is coming up to Coliseum. Uh, I'm really interested in that. But more than so, I was going to get y'all's input on, uh, you know, Legacy Motor Club hiring Todd Gordon, the crew chief for Jimmy Johnson, his Daytona 500 entry. Uh, what are y'all thoughts on that? Because, in my opinion, Todd Gordon is one of the most underrated crew chiefs in the sport. Uh, you know, he's got the 18 championship with Logano. He's got 30 career wins. Uh, you know, he, he got Ryan Blaney rolling when uh, they swapped him over to that team, got them successful because he was the lower Penske car mm-hmm. at at that shop. Got him rolling, got him a couple of wins. And uh, he's it ain't like he's going into the Daytona 500 uh, crew chief for a uh, Parker Kligerman entry or something. I mean, he has the Michael Jordan of NASCAR in our, in our lifetime. Right. You know, behind the wheel with a pretty good GMS backed uh, team there. They're going to have horsepower and they're going to have a lot of knowledge in that team going forward. And, uh, you know, good teammates. Eric Jones is a good plate racer. So, you know how it is on the plate tracks. I mean, if you can start the car and run the pace laps at the end of the day, you keep your nose clean, you've got a shot to win it. You look at Michael McDowell at Go Fast or at Front Row, one of the states on the 500, always up front. That's the thing about him is he always seems to find his way to the front in every single one of those races. Yeah, he's always up there. And you look at some of the Rick Ware cars, you know, Cody Ware and them, they keep their nose clean. You look at Coral Joy, you look at these underfunded teams like this at these plate tracks, and they all are on an equal playing field here because it's it's just about getting to the end. Anybody has a shot to win it. I don't care if you're driving for – Rick Ware, I don't care if you're uh, uh, just a intermediate team, just you know, trying to race your way in. Everybody at the end of it, keep your nose clean. You have a shot to win it, uh, and the small teams have a, a shot to 
you know, upset a Hendrick, a Gibbs, a Penske, anybody like that. So it should be interesting. Well, and something else to think about, you know, we talk about these underfunded teams. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Ryan Ellis that races sometimes in the Xfinity Series. Yep. So I've had the pleasure of talking with him on a few instances, and one of the coolest stories that I ever heard about one of these underfunded teams was, you know, B.J. McLeod, you know, they started putting cars in the Xfinity Series, right? Right. And Ryan Ellis was driving one of those cars in the Daytona race in the, uh, I guess still the winter, but technically the spring. But he told Ryan Ellis when he was, I think, in fifth or sixth, as that race was coming down to the wire, he said, win this thing or bring that thing home in a box. Yep. And he did, he did not care about how much money he was about to lose having to repair this car. He said, win or bring it home in a box. Unfortunately, he brought it home in a box. But the fact that somebody like that, who does not have the funding of a Rick Hendrick, of a Roger Penske, Richard Childress, you know any of those guys, they don't have that kind of funding. But he was willing to risk it all to try to win that race. Well, I, I mean, it's the same thing. You think Corolla Joy at Atlanta, you know, after they reconfigured the track this year, uh, Corolla Joy was up there battling with Chase Elliott for the win at Atlanta for Spire Motorsports. Um, That's incredible they, to think about. Yeah, they had the same. They had the same mindset. They're like, "Hey, this is our chance. We will probably hardly ever get this chance again." You know, it's records or checkers. We got to go for it. And unfortunately for him, uh, Chase, you know, threw a block and took him out of the race. I think he ended up finishing in the lower 30s. Uh, it's hard to see. But I'm interested to, to see how this Daytona 500 goes and just see, you know, how well Jimmy Johnson does. And, of course, see how my boy Alex Bowman does. And, uh, you know, just to see. And, uh, and Kyle Busch, too, you know, swapping over to RCR just to see how that's going to mesh. I think that's going to fare well for them just because Kyle Busch, you know, he just brings that wealth of knowledge with him anywhere he goes. He knows exactly what the car needs. He's going to tell his crew chief exactly what the car needs. And, you know, given the history with him and Richard Childers, I was surprised this deal even happened to begin with. But, you know, with Kyle Busch bringing every bit of knowledge he has over there, that might be one of the best things that's ever happened for Richard Childers ever since Dale Earnhardt, you know, died in 2001. And I, I really mean that. Or since Kevin Harvick, you know, took over, and you know, he had a good run there. But um, real quick, and I'll get off here, and that way we can get ready to watch this game. Um, who who'd you pick for the the clash? Short track. Yeah. Mm. Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson. That's exactly yeah. what I was say. <laughs> Especially the super late history. I tell you, I'm gonna go in there. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a, a wild card in there. I'm gonna say a little Tyler Reddick. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. Well, y'all boys have a good evening. Let's watch this game and get this W. Appreciate it, Tommy. Old Tommy. Calling in, talk some NASCAR. It creeps up on you, man. It's exciting. It creeps up on you. Matthew, I'm going to get you in NASCAR. Bryson, we're getting him to Bristol. Oh, 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 yeah. You're going to Bristol. You're going to bring your earplugs. You're going to bring your beer. You're going to bring your crackers. You're going to bring your chocolate. More beer. This is your punishment for calling me a hillbilly. You're going to Bristol. Hey, man, if you buy me the ticket, I'll go. Well, guess what? Bryce and I have a source. Nice. Yeah. There will be no paying for tickets. Nice. Well, if you can get me there, get him there. Oh, that that's happening. He doesn't know it yet because he stepped out. But it is happening. Stay with us. Hour number one of the books. Hour number two of overtime coming up right here on Fan Run Radio.
Hour number two of overtime, fan run radio, Tennessee, Georgia underway. Georgia off to a fast start against Tennessee. We cannot commentate the game. We can only dance around what is happening. That way we do not break copyright violations. Yeah, I don't want to get Nate in trouble. 